You're listening to audio recorded at Mount Air First Christian Church. For more resources or to contact us, look us up at www.mountairfirstchristianchurch.org. Amen. Uh, since Jim was back, uh, I think you've, if you've been around, you've known my interaction with Jim over the past 12, 13, I don't know, it's been a while. Uh, that we've kind of been praying and, and talking about ministry really in Southwest Iowa. And um, even though he's been here and there and, and I've been here, we've kind of constantly have had a real bond over uh, seeing Jesus magnified in Southwest Iowa. And so we've shared some, and I think Jim has shared some with you guys. Uh, on the Wednesday night event, he was here and, and talked with uh, a group of you about kind of what his uh, vision for ministry is in the area, and I wanted to just give him uh, five or ten minutes to, or ten or fifteen or whatever. I mean, you know, he's kind of wired like me a little bit, so I <laughs> said, "We'll say ten to talk about that." And I, and I want you to prayerfully think about. I mean, where is God moving in your own heart to be invested in what God is doing in Southwest Iowa, in Mount Air, yes, in Southwest Iowa, but really across the nation and around the globe. So I want you to prayerfully listen as he just kind of shares what's in his heart of where you might fit into that and where God might be calling you to join him and his work in the region. So you got a mic there, yeah, whichever one you want. Just grabbed one. Good morning. Can you hear me? Um, thank you, Darren. Hey, um, and I won't go long, I promise. <laughs> but it is a, it is a real privilege, uh, again, to be here. Um, so my wife and I, as you, well, you know, my wife grew up here. <laughs> but I grew up not far from here in western Illinois in a small community called Alito, south of the Quad Cities, and then lived part of my life in Michigan. And uh, I came to faith at the age of 20, um, and then I left the Midwest and moved to Texas. When I tell people in New York that my wife and I are from the Midwest, but we met in San Antonio, it's like their minds explode. They're like, how did that happen? But anyway, uh, but when I left, I swore I would never go back, um, right? Like, I'm going to live where it's warm and nice all the time and all, but then God has different plans. And over the years, our heart together has grown stronger and stronger for home. This beacon has been growing more and more and more, and we have hit a point in our life where as we look at what we want to give our lives to as a married couple and as a family, we've, we, we, we've said to ourselves, God, we will give our lives to your purposes, and whatever you want from us, we will do. And as, as much as we say this with trembling hands, God, whatever the cost, whatever the cost, knowing that I don't fully know what that means, and I'm scared to tell you that, but whatever the cost. And so we have come to the place of realizing we want to be a part of God's activity in the Midwest. We want to be a part of extending the gospel throughout the heartland, throughout Iowa, throughout the, uh, uh, the southwest Iowa, throughout Ringgold County and, and Mount Air. We want to be a part of this. We want to give our lives to this. And so God has begun to put things together in just incredible ways because we believe God is, God is not done. The best days of the church is not in the past. And I think many times we live as if the best days for God's people were yesteryear, 
We look at what's happening in culture. We look at what's happening sometimes when we look at numbers of younger people not wanting to have anything to do with the church. But the reality is God is providential over what he's doing in the world. And actually, if we look on a global scale, we are living in the most bountiful time of people coming to Christ than at any point in human history. Just because it's not necessarily happening here in America doesn't mean it's not happening everywhere else. You look at what's happening in China and in India and Iran of all places. What's happening in places like like Egypt, Latin America, God is doing a mighty work. And what we are convinced of as a family is we want to give our lives to that mighty work right here in Ringgold County, in southwest Iowa, in the broader Midwest and beyond. And so it's been really, really cool to dream about that with Darren, to really ask this question, what does God want? Not what do we want. I think many of us come to church going, what do we want? What do I want from my church? That's the wrong question. The right question is, God, what do you want? And how do we give our lives? How do I give my life and how do we give our collective lives to what he wants done in the world? And what we believe is for that his glory that every man, woman, and child in Mount Air and Ringgold County and beyond has a repeated opportunity to see the gospel in action through all of his people, in the decisions we make, in the quality of our marriages, in our sacrifice, in our love, and number two, that they hear the gospel message. Because the scriptures tell us, how will they know if they don't hear? And, and we believe that the primary place that that gospel sharing should happen is not just on a Sunday morning, but around kitchen tables, on walks with neighbors, sitting at softball games with friends, that, that the mission is actually outside the walls of this church, not necessarily inside the walls of this church. And number two, not only does God want every man, woman, and child to have a repeated opportunity to say yes or no to Jesus, and through that work, he will build his church, but also to see all of Christ's people fully empowered and mobilized to live a faithful life of worship. Again, not just in the walls of a building, but outside in everyday life. That the highest value of the life of, of God's people is God himself. That number two, that we are transformed by the truth of God. And we seek to live that truth out and to proclaim that truth in the midst of the world that is lost truth. Number three, that we are so transformed by the love of God who first loved us that we want to bend that love out to one another and, and, and expand that love out to a world that is brutal to one another. Have you noticed how brutal our country and culture is with one another these days? The kingdom of God stands different in the midst of that. And number three, that we would be a people on mission. That, that no matter what we do in our lives, no matter what vocation we do or don't do, God has called all of his people to be his ambassadors in the world. That's who he's made us to be. And that he makes his appeal to the world through us to be reconciled to God. And that whatever God's going to do in the world, he's primarily going to do it through 
all of his people, not just through paid professionals, but all of his people and the paid leaders or any leader in the church. Our job is just to be equippers, to be garters of doctrine, committed to prayer, and equippers and releasers of God's people into the world. And that's what we want to give our lives to in a local congregation that exists for something bigger than itself, willing to make decisions that don't always uh, make sense for the organization, but, but is for the good of mobilizing people and reaching people with the gospel. And number two, that that local congregation would draw a circle around 21 counties of southwest Iowa that need a church like what I'm describing about in every one of those counties that would say, we care about Decatur County. We care about Potawatomi. We care about Montgomery. We care about Madison. And that those churches would be collected together around a common table to go, how do we do this together? And there's already one church that is already beginning to partner with us in Council Bluffs to go, how do we own this 21-county vision together? How can we partner with an existing church that's already in some of these counties? Number two, how can we start a new church I believe there's a slew of new churches that need to be started in southwest Iowa. Or how do we help repurpose dying churches? Because I don't know if you know, there's a lot of dying churches in the, in the nation right now. And there's a lot of dying churches in this region. And the gospel is a message of life, not death. So God is opening up opportunities for us to begin to work on that regional basis through networks and denominations, and then he's opening up opportunity for us uh, to coach churches in various networks and denominations in places like Ohio and Kentucky and Tennessee and Indiana and Illinois, uh, all the way down to Florida and Detroit that I'm going to begin to work with. And God is opening up these opportunities to see Mount Air, Iowa be a place that has an impact, not just in this city or town. So I'm used to saying city. I live in Buffalo, Right now, I'll get it right. I am a small town guy at heart. But in this town, not only exists for the good of this town, but the good of 21 counties, the good of 12 states, and the good of a nation and world. That can actually happen in a church like this. Believe it or not. And so we're coming, and here's the thing I want to encourage you with, and I'm going to be quiet. Just hear my heart in this. Like, we have had to give up our salary and raise our entire funding to do this. That was scary with three kids. I don't know, uh, like, I'm finding the older kids get, the more expensive they get. Have you seen insurance for a 17-year-old? Are you kidding me? But people have been so compelled by this idea of reaching Ringgold County and Southwest Iowa and beyond, that people you don't even know have put significant resources behind us to be fully funded to come for a minimum of two years. Let that encourage you. This place is being prayed for. This place is being funded. There are people sitting right here who we met in Syracuse, New York, 12 years ago at a Home Depot that are preparing to move their whole family from Syracuse, New York to Mount Air, Iowa to be on mission like this. 
God, yes, that is worth clapping for. God is on the move in Mount Air. Amen. God is mindful of Mount Air and Ringgold County and Southwest Iowa, and we get the privilege of getting on board and running with them. And I'm telling you, it's terrifying and it's worth it. So we'll be here June 30th, 28th maybe. So that's all I got. I could keep going, but I'm going to stop. I think that, I don't know how long that was. I'll check later when, okay. I, when I see the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. What's the over-under? I think that might have been over 10. So, I was trying. So, no, it's a, excellent. But I will I'll take my five minutes as well, and I'll encourage you to open the book of Philippians because uh, everything that he's uh, talking about, I think, just flows right out of. We've been a few weeks now in... Uh, in this local church, the local body, and I think it just, what he's talking about is, is right here in this text, and so I'm going to take five minutes, I'm going to fly through what we've got, and just to, to see how this, this is the purpose, the mission of God through his church around the world. So Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 16. Uh, page 1165 in your pew Bible. Philippians chapter 2, 12 through 16. Therefore, my beloved... As you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Grass withers, flower fades, the word of our God stands forever. So, We'll spend more time on this next week, but the, the, we've been going through this series talking about these two ideas that Paul, when he opens this book of Philippians, he prays and he's thankful for them. And he says, I make my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And he talks about this reality that in the church of Philippi, there's a partnership in the gospel. And so we spent two weeks talking about that partnership with the require, of the gospel requires, first of all, a gospel. And so we talked about the reality that the church lives and breathes and anchors itself upon the good news of who Jesus is and what he has done. Who God is as the creator, the reality of mankind as sinful and fallen, under the wrath of God, deserving his punishment. But then the glories of the gospel that Christ has come and has taken that punishment upon himself so that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord would be saved. And then we get the response quadrant of looking to Christ, repentance, and how that partnership then is an ongoing reality. So we've got the gospel, the partnership in the gospel requires the gospel. But last week we talked about how it requires a partnership. It requires an actual family, an actual gathering together. That in this partnership of the gospel, that 
to become a, a family of, in Christ means bearing one another bur- another's burdens, loving each other in real and meaningful and manifest ways. And if we aren't that, then we are short of what the church body should be. So the reality is that this gospel work it produces action in the lives of, lives of God's people. It produces action. This action could broadly be called the mission of the church, its reason for existence. And part of the reason why I wanted Jim just to share what God is doing through his ministry right now and through him and his family is because God is on the move. He even said it. I got it written right here, but I, I guess it's not that amazing to say. But God is on the move. Something is happening. God is acting. God is in control and he is sovereignly working his purposes. And so we naturally ask, how can we join him then in what he is doing? And so in Philippians here, there's two directions of movement that I want us to see from this text. And my main idea for this morning is that we exist, and this is just leader language, but we exist for these purposes, to shine the supremacy of Christ into every corner of our lives and onto every corner of our world. We exist to shine the supremacy of Christ into every corner of our lives and onto every corner of our world. Both of those realities. And we see it here in Philippians when he's saying to them in verse uh, 12, he's saying, uh, as you've always obeyed much more in my presence, now do so more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The gospel is a message meant to work down into every area of our lives. The gospel is not meant to be an idea that we affirm and that we carry around with us So that if we happen to find someone who needs saved, we pull out our gospel message and then we lead them in salvation. It's a it's a little thing, it's an area of our lives we keep tucked away, which is really good, but really it's just beneficial, like in cases of like, you know, eternal salvation, things like that. The gospel is not meant, it's too great of a message to be stuck into just one little corner of our lives. But God's work is into every corner of our lives. The gospel message is meant to be worked into every area of our lives. The call for confession of sin is not just a one-time reality, but an ongoing work in the life of a believer. That's why this partnership in the gospel is so important. That's why knowing who your church family is is so important. That's why knowing who we are as a family is so important. One gracious benefit of living life together is that it's in those moments of fellowship that the light is shown upon the areas of your life that Christ needs to work on. When we gather together here on a Sunday morning for an hour, some of us with less sleep, some of us with more sleep, some have had a horrible morning. We, if you talk with parents, I, it is like 80% of them will say Sunday morning is the worst time in the world to get a family ready to go anywhere. It's like there's active opposition in the supernatural realm to keep kids grouchy and maybe moms and dads all Sunday morning as they prepare to come to church. And then we all put a smile on when we get here. How's things going? Great. No, they aren't. But 
But if that's all church is, if there is no meaningful relationship outside of the walls of the church, it's very easy to just boil church down to the hour that we all put a smile on our face. But when you build friendships intentionally around the gospel, partnerships outside in the real world, in life, fake smiles begin to disappear. Tough realities bring sin to the surface. And so then you're able to actually live the gospel out with each other. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing that sin comes to the service in your life. Why? Because it's there and it doesn't get worked on unless it gets revealed, unless it gets shown. And it is a grace when we, as a healthy church community, honestly reveal sin as we live in fellowship with each other because then the gospel can actually make a difference. It is then that the good news delivers what it's intended to deliver to you, to hear that Christ died, live the righteous life you should have lived, die the death that you deserve, and is currently working in your heart. His resurrection power is bringing newness of life in your own heart as you confess your sins and trust Christ is God is, is shining the supremacy of Christ, his authority, and the gospel, you could put it in there as well, into every corner of our life, but also onto every corner of our world. The gospel, the supremacy of Christ, is to be spread onto every corner of our world. And Paul says that here when he's saying that as this gospel in their fellowship Verse 14, they begin to do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish. And there, there's, there's gospel work going on among them as a fellowship and as a family, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And then what does that cause them to do? And they're in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Lights in the world. The church often is conceived as, as um, the imagery of like a lighthouse shining light out into the world. But Paul is using this kind of an imagery of that the church then as it goes out into the world is a multitude of lights in the world shining the supremacy of Christ onto every corner of the world. The dream mission for the church is not building an incredible building and hosting incredible programs that draws crowds into churches for church moments. For years, that's what church was built upon. That's not the model laid out for us in Scripture. When we look at the early church in the book of Acts, we see something entirely different. Not the masses expected to come and hear, but God's people empowered to encounter Jesus as his people go out into the world. Paul says his gathered people, the church, are to shine as lights in the world. So I want you to fight against the image that the healthy church is a big program or a gathering, though those things certainly can happen. Here we are, and I enjoy it, and it's beneficial. But instead, think of the church set loose so that every corner, every workplace, every restaurant, every neighborhood has an ambassador for Christ living on mission right where he or she live their daily lives. Picture every friend group and every organization that gathers in our community having an individual in it working to shine the supremacy of Christ. That is the church at work in the world spreading the supremacy of Christ into every corner of our lives as we fight for 
family, as we fight for partnerships and fellowships within us, and then on to every corner of our world. Both of these are accomplished through intentional gospel-centered relationships in the church body. So what does this leave us asking today? Where are the corners in my life that Jesus needs to work on? And if you don't know what they are, get connected. Spend some time with other people who are gospel-centered, other Christians, and let that stuff come out and be exposed. And where are the areas of my life where Christ needs to shine in more? Where corners of, what corners of my life need the reign of Christ? And also, what corners of my world need me to shine the light of Christ? A great place to discover answer to those questions is in community with each other. Who in your life from this local church body fits the description of that kind of role in your life? If you really want to work on answering those questions, where should Christ shine into and where should he shine out onto, get connected in meaningful Christ-centered ways with the body of Christ. We've got opportunities for those happening. If that's happening in amongst your friendships here, Make sure that it's happening centered upon Jesus, praying together, reading your Bibles together, asking difficult questions. We exist to shine the supremacy of Christ into every corner of our lives and onto every corner of our world. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I, I rejoice, God, I, at what you are doing. I have very small confidence in, in my ability to produce much of anything. But Father, I know that you are the God who is sovereign over all things, working your purposes in this world. And so Father, we simply want to yield ourselves to you that you would shine the supremacy of Christ into every corner of our own hearts, every corner of our fellowship. And then yes, God, to shine onto every corner in Mount Air, in Ringgold County, Southwest Iowa, expanding on out, God, that we would feel the, the Holy Spirit's pleasure at lifting high the name of Jesus Christ. As we go into a moment of remembering that gospel message, God, I pray that right now in every heart, if there are areas that we have hidden from the light of Christ, if there's sin that we are holding on to, if there is doubt that we are encouraging in our own hearts, if there is hate, unforgiveness harbored in our own hearts, Father, I pray that Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit would go and bring that to light, that, Father, we would be a confessing people, we would be a repentant people. Lifting up to you, not God, aren't you proud of us, but lifting up to you, God, here's where I am yet still falling short and struggling and failing and falling upon the mercy of Jesus Christ. And so God, right now, work in all of our hearts as we prepare for communion, that repentance, that confession, and that trust in the sufficient sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We are not the hero of our stories. We are not the saviors of our own lives, of our own world, but there is a savior and his name is Jesus. 
and we want to trust in him this morning. Help us, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.